You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to another episode on the Believe Podcast here, a part of the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. We are growing in numbers. It's unbelievable to think how many pods and vlogcasts we have under the BR network, but we are very proud that you have taken the time wherever and however to listen to our humble little show called the Believe Podcast. I am John Boccasino, being joined by my good friend Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, it's great to have you back, although I feel like, uh, I don't know, this is a tough one to you know talk about because the Bills laid such a proverbial egg on Monday night. Well, I, I'm actually looking forward to talking about this because this allows me to to turn the page on what we saw Monday night, which was not a lot of fun. It, you know, we we are a preview show, but my God, I, I, I didn't sleep well that night, and that almost never happens to me. And I think part of it was because the game ended so quickly, and I went right to bed without giving myself any mental time to to unwind. And it just stayed with me all damn night. It almost, I think a lot of Bills fans had kind of the same thought of like, this is a a nightmare, right? Like the the season's going to start tomorrow. This is all a bad dream. We didn't see what we just saw at the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium. And the sad reality is, you know, the Bills are going to bring an 0-1 record into Sunday's home opener. And we will talk about here on Bill Eve. We want to get your thoughts too. We, We try to serve as you know, armchair quarterbacks, armchair therapists, you know, we're here for Bill's mafia to get you through the, the doldrums. And that opener was definitely, I don't know. I, for me, Jamie, I kind of, it ran the gamut of emotions. It felt like such a roller coaster ride. And, you know, before we get to the Raiders game and breaking down week two's opener, let's spend a couple of minutes just kind of quickly for, for you, for me, for Bill's fans that are still wanting to cope and move on from this loss. I mean, it was such a, you know, you go from the incredible highs, the pageantry, the 9-11 tributes. And, you know, I'll be honest, I was looking forward to seeing Aaron Rodgers and the Jets versus the Bills. Don't count me amongst those people. I never take pleasure when an athlete gets hurt and suffers an injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Aaron going down just four plays into his Jets career, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a dumb, obvious statement, but it really changed the whole tone of the ball game. And I think at that moment, Jamie, I wasn't really focused on the bills and their outcome. It was more like what a swing to go from the highest of the highs, getting ready for the season, Aaron Rodgers debut, bringing out the American flag, all the pageantry, all the tributes for nine 11. And then the air just got let out of the stadium when Aaron Rodgers went down with that ACL tear. It, it really did. And a very loyal listener and a guy that I, 
tweet back and forth with a lot, the river fish. He asked the question too soon when he placed the meme on my feed or tagged me in a meme that had a picture of Aaron Rodgers and with the movie logo said gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> and I know, I know. You don't want to, but you kind of have to laugh. You kind of chuckle <laughs> a little bit. I mean, we're not rooting for someone to get hurt here. No, we're not. And it's very interesting how, yes, while that changed the complexion of the game, I feel like had Aaron Rodgers not gotten hurt, the Jets probably would have won by 13 in regulation because you can't turn the ball over four times against a good team. And let's face it, the Jets are a good team. The Jets are a bad matchup for the Buffalo Bills, and they are stacked with talent up and down that roster. Yeah, they can trot out, you know, seven defensive ends, edge rushers that can get after the quarterback. And, you know, we we saw it almost, Jamie, felt like once we moved on from the Aaron Rodgers injury and faced the facts that it was going to be a Zach Wilson squad going up against Josh Allen and the Bills. I mean, the first half, you know, the offense struggled, but the defense was legit. Other than that long run that Brees Hall uh brushed off like an 83 yarder that set up a, a field goal for the jets. You know, Buffalo felt like it was on cruise control in the first half. And then the second half was almost like, here's how to blow a game in four plays. I mm-hmm. mean, Josh Allen, all the ugliness, all the, you know, it, it, it manifested itself. And let's kind of, let's take a moment and kind of talk about the good, the bad and the ugly with Josh Allen, because really I'm getting tired of these post-game pressers where Josh is like, that loss is on me. No shit, it's on you. You're the one that threw (laughs) three terrible picks and fumbled away a snap. If he, I know it's hard. You can't say, you know, oh, if only this had happened. But if he doesn't fumble that snap, if he doesn't throw a bad interception when he could have run for a first down, if you take away one of those turnovers, the Bills win that game. They do, because all of those short fields that it gave the Jets, especially the fumble snap, at that point, you're just resigned to the fact that Buffalo is going to lose this game, it felt like. Absolutely. And like you said, one fewer turnover. That's the Bills game. But Josh Allen had a major regression in that game. I I mean, that's really all there is to it. His decision-making was terrible. And I am speculating that he was too hyped up for that game. But luckily for us as fans, Josh Allen has a history of bouncing back from bad games and having a big game the following week. Which put the Raiders secondary on notice. We'll we'll get to that in a second with how much of a great matchup this is for Josh Allen and the Bills offense. But you're right. I feel like, you know, this was like super sugar high Josh Allen uh, Mm -hmm. taking on the Jets. And now granted again, you know, the Jets secondary is legit. The Jets Mm -hmm. defense in general gives Josh fits almost every time they play. But I, I've been getting into some debates with people at rumblings and people on the hellscape known as X um, (laughs) about, you know, Josh in general, as much blame has to go on Josh Allen. And he, he's solely responsible for this loss and the fact that his play directly led to Buffalo losing this game. I want to talk about Ken Dorsey for a second, because I feel like he's getting, I don't know. I feel like he should be scrutinized more for a vanilla game plan. Like what happened to the diamond formations? What happened to the pre-snap motion 
that we saw on Buffalo's first two scoring drives. It felt like Buffalo got away from the things that they had done well uh, during the preseason and the first two scoring drives and just reverted back to, hey, Josh, go chuck it up and throw it over the mountains and let Stefan Diggs be Stefan Diggs. I don't agree with that take. I, I, I don't. Um, I, I think that Ken Dorsey's game was just fine. Uh, you know, when they were using two tight ends 60% of the time, you saw a, a variety of different personnel packages in there. I would have liked to have seen more motion, yes. But the Bills were being beat physically by the Jets. The Jets were dominating the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I don't think that this game is on Ken Dorsey. I think the game that he called was perfectly adequate you, it, because it doesn't matter what kind of game you call as an offensive coordinator. If your quarterback is making terrible decisions, there's very little you can call or formations you can create that are going to be successful. And your quarterback had his worst game since he was a rookie. And I don't think it was play calling that had anything to do with that. No, fair enough. And listen, I am not like I like I, I think I gave a preface, but maybe I, I glossed over it a bit. I am. It's fully on Josh. I mean, this game, this loss was fully on 17 shoulders for what happened uh, on the field. I'm just saying it seemed like, first of all, I, I might be wrong, but I don't feel like the Bills used enough motion at all um, because here's what happens. And I get your point about the line of scrimmage. So when a team is getting physically pushed around, at the line of scrimmage, it's natural to have less time to throw the ball. And mm. it's natural for Josh to want to, you know, scramble almost out of necessity. But I felt like the bills didn't do a good enough job of giving Josh, like spreading him out, rolling him out, getting that mobile pocket to buy a little bit more time to find Dalton Kincaid, to find Dawson Knox. What happened to Trent Sherfield? He didn't have a single catch. I don't think he was even targeted um, in the game. And he was supposed to be, you know, a new dimension to this offense. Deontay Hardy, I liked what I saw when they tried going to him, but they stopped looking for him. It really felt like Josh just went back to find 14 and hope for the best. Yes. And that's maybe where, maybe I'm unfair to Dorsey, but I feel like there's things you could do. If you know Josh is all hyped up, you got to have a conversation with him and be like, all right, we're going to simplify the offense Let's do this instead of reverting back to the hero form and the hero ball that Josh displayed. That I I do agree with. And I, I don't want to accuse Ken Dorsey of being myopic as we sort of saw against the, the Bengals. But in-game adjustments, I, 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 think, um, I think the jury's still out on his ability to adjust in-game. There's a, there's a really good article, by the way, that um, our, our editor-in-chief, uh, Matt, not Matt Warren, but the new Buffalo Rumblings editor-in-chief, uh, the Afghan Twilight, uh, put out talking about, you know, Josh Allen and the mistakes he's made and don't try to change him. And it's ludicrous that people are trying to, you know, run Josh out of town. I'm not going to give in to the trolls and and talk about that because there's no way the Bills are moving on from Josh Allen. But it basically mm -hmm. breaks down the bad games, how infrequently you can say the loss was single-handedly due to Josh Allen's woeful play. Um, the opener was obviously one of those games that we can uh, chalk up to it being Josh's fault. But there, there were some things to like too, Jamie. And I feel like, I don't know, I loved what I saw from James Cook. Um, I really feel like, especially with 
that will be gone right side of the offensive line. I mean, Spencer Brown was a liability, but James mm-hmm. Cook had a really solid performance for himself. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what he can do moving forward. Um, but I, I want to be negative for a second. And I want to say, I told you so to all, not to you in particular, but to all of the Bills fans who blindly had faith in Sean McDermott and trusted the process. The process of replicating and replacing Tremaine Edmonds has failed. I know it's only one week, but man, what a what a difference it makes having a competent, capable middle linebacker versus, yes, Terrell Bernard led the team in tackles, but he was a liability, as was Taylor Rapp uh, in the middle of that secondary. Like, the Bills get an F for having a plan in place to try to replace Tremaine Edmonds. They were amongst the lowest rated players on the Bills defense, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, we know that PFF is not the end-all, be-all when it comes to grading performance, but it's not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is definitely not. And um, I don't know. I feel like the defense you know, played well in spurts, but getting gashed by those big runs was not great. Letting Zach will. I almost feel like, Jamie, the Bills, and they would never come out there and say this, and this is pure conjecture, but it almost felt like the Bills were content once they got up 13 to three and thought they had this game in the bag. And kudos to Zach Wilson, the Cougar Hunter, for really shaking off mm-hmm. all of the naysayers and, and winning a game like this. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those where, yeah, the, the Jets lost the war with Aaron Rodgers out for the year, but they won the battle and you right. start stacking W's and that's all that matters. Well, you know, they didn't ask. Zach Wilson to do a heck of a lot, but I have to say that the offense was schemed very well by Nathaniel Hackett. And when he had to, Zach Wilson made plays. There was one in particular, he had like a 20-yard strike to Garrett Wilson going across the middle. And I was really impressed with the confidence that he showed in his arm and in his ability to read the defense. And I thought to myself... Uh oh, this guy's going to play well this game, <laughs> and, and and he wasn't particularly great. And you know, the I, I don't know how much you can credit him with the touchdown grab by Garrett Wilson because that seemed like it was just an amazing catch by Garrett Wilson going up against a former All Pro and in, in Trey White. Uh, but give credit where it's due; they they made plays. They played confident. They played well. That's a team that believes in themselves. And this is a better version of Zach Wilson than we saw previously. But they're not going anywhere with Zach Wilson under quarterback for an entire season. Yeah, no, they're not at all. And and that's the thing that's frustrating is this is really one of those things, Jamie. I'd be hard-pressed. I mean, maybe, you know, the, the Steelers home opener uh, two years ago. Um, but this Jets game is right up there for me with the most disappointing losses. And it's because there was so much hype and we heard all off season, what the bills were going to do, how they were going to be different, how, you know, Josh had turned a corner and wasn't going to make these, you know, mental mistakes. And then they go out there and they play one of the worst. And by they, I mean, Josh, again, as we've talked about was inept. Um, I mean, there were so many times when he could have just take what the defense gives you. I know that what makes Josh exciting is also his greatest flaw, but mm-hmm. someone's got to get in his ear and just be like, I know Diggs was trying to, but be like, dude, take the five yard crossing route. If it's third and four, 
take the third and five pass open, get the first down. Don't go for the 55 yarder into double coverage. You know, it felt like this is a regression to the mean when it comes to uh, what Josh brings to the bills offense. It's occurring to me that you have a lot of feelings left over from Monday night that you haven't been able to work out. Yeah. Can you tell, I mean, this is, and Jamie, I'll, I'll leave a, a quarter in the tip jar for, you know, your, your thoughts as my amateur therapist here on uh, the believe podcast, but I don't know. I, I do have a lot of thoughts. Uh, it was mixed. There were a lot of things I liked. There was a lot that I didn't like mostly with Josh Allen, but I thought that, I don't know, the Bills should have won that game. And that's the thing. If, if all of, if Josh had thrown his three picks and had the one fumble and the Bills had still found a way to win the game, this is a different story. But because they lost and because it's a divisional loss and because they had a chance to take a step up with the Chiefs losing and the Bengals losing, I mean, this is a game that could really come back to haunt Buffalo, you know, down the road. But and we I, do, yeah, I, I predicted that the Bills were going to lose that game. And had they played a clean game and were just outplayed, I would be okay with it. This one bothers me because they gave it away. 100%. Yep, they gave it away. And they also lost to a freaking Zach Wilson team. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that really bums me out. It's now two years in a row that the Bills have lost to the Jets. But we do need to do our due diligence. Thank you for letting me vent for a little bit. Um, the, The beautiful part is... It's only going to be six days between the week one game and when the Bills host the Raiders on Sunday in the home opener. So the Bills will have a chance for fairly quick revenge on a quick turnaround, getting ready to play a Raiders team that eked out a win over the still bumbling, still fumbling Denver Broncos, who, you know, much like the scene from The Simpsons when Homer gets to own the Denver Broncos and the ball is bouncing off of players' helmets and Marge is like, What's wrong with owning the Broncos? Oh, Marge, you don't know football. Well, that's kind of like the franchise, the state of Denver. They're just a constant, you know, circus of ineptitude. And give the Raiders credit for uh, for eking out that win on Jimmy Garoppolo's first start. What do you? Where do you want to start, Jamie, with this breakdown on the Bills and the Raiders? Well, I I think you need to start by talking about the Bills defense versus the Raiders offense. And the reason for that is this Raiders team can put up points. This Bills team can put up points. And the over-under on this game is 46 and a half as of right now. And I'm seeing people say, take the over on that because the Raiders can put up 20 points, no problem. It's stopping the other team from also putting up points that is really their, their Achilles heel. And I I think it's worth talking about the fact that with a new quarterback, somebody who is familiar with the Josh McDaniel system, along with a few really good, really good skill players, you know, the Bills are going to have their hands full on that end. But I also really like the matchup between the Bills defensive line and the interior of the Raiders offensive line. So yeah, let's, let's, why don't we talk about that? Let's start with the Bills defensive line and the Raiders offensive line. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think that's a good place to start because this is going to be one of those things where the Bills defensive line. So I liked what they were able to do in the first half. I mean, clearly I thought Leonard Floyd had a phenomenal Bills debut. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought Greg Rousseau had a phenomenal first game of the year. The pass rush wasn't the problem. The problem was the run defense rearing its ugly head yet again. You know, did you know, Jamie, that the Buffalo Bills in week one gave up 6.1 yards per carry? The Jets ran for 172 yards 
on 28 carries. The Bills had the fourth worst or fourth leakiest run defense in the league in week one. And who do they get in week two? Josh Jacobs, who had a really down first game. The Broncos held him, I think, to 49 yards total rushing. He's going to be pissed off. This is going to be one of those. I don't know. The the more the Bills can contain Jacobs, you know, the better, because I don't want to see him running for 70 yards here and 30 yards there like Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook did. Now, didn't Josh Jacobs miss time in camp holding out for more money? He did. He was one of the, it was like him, uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, a bunch of the league's best running backs who play a devalued position uh, held out um, or didn't report because they wanted, you know, renewed contracts. And I think you're seeing it's, it's a little struggle, you know, for Jacobs to get his legs under him. But that's what worries me about how, is this going to be the thing that gets him right back on track? Because you know, I mean, he ran 48 yards on 19 carries. That's a little more than two yards a carry versus the Broncos last week. You know he's not going to be held in check, I don't think, um, two weeks in a row, given just how how capable of a back he is. He's a great back. I'm wondering how much the missed camp is actually affecting him right now. Or is it the Raiders' offensive line? Because let's let's look at who we have here on that offensive line. At left guard is Dylan Parham, who was an absolute disaster last year. One of the lowest rated, if not the lowest rated offensive lineman in the NFL. And then a familiar face, Greg Van Roten, is starting at right guard. He couldn't make the Bills, who don't have a great offensive line, and he's immediately starting for the Raiders. Now, there could be reasons for that. It could be that he's bet a better fit for their system than he is for the Bills. But I'm feeling really good about the talent that the Bills have in the interior defensive line going up against those guys. Yeah, make no mistake, Jamie. I'm glad you brought this up because the Raiders' offensive line definitely, I, I feel like they they had a better performance than you would think because the Denver Broncos have a good aggressive defensive line that can get after the quarterback well Garoppolo wasn't sacked at all in the win over Denver last week he had plenty of time he had clean pockets and I feel like there's four of the five starters back from last year's team they're not they're no name guys on offense I mean they're not name household names amongst the offensive linemen but they did manage to put the top pass blocking effort in the league last week so Mm -hmm. they were weak against the run but they were solid in pass protection and i feel like this is a very underrated unit that buffalo can get after and can definitely get some pressure on but don't take them for granted because this is a unit that's played together quite a bit um you're gonna need to disrupt them early and often to have a chance to disrupting the raiders game plan and i i think the way of doing that is going right up the middle at them greg van roten against ed oliver i'm taking ed oliver Oh, mismatch all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Ed Oliver had himself a great game last week, probably the best game of any defensive lineman. And that wasn't that that wasn't really standing out to a lot of folks. But Ed Oliver, with his new contract, I, I think he's feeling the pressure to live up to it. And he started off the right way. The Bills spent a lot of time in the Jets backfield on passing downs. But like you said, it was the run defense and Let's face it, the Jets looked more physical than the Bills, but this is the Bills' home opener. 
And these are guys that are prideful and they don't want the same thing to happen to them again. I, I, I really like, I really like the bills matchup, uh, their defensive line against the Raiders offensive line. Yeah, no, I feel like I, I want I did want to give, you know, their due flowers, if you will, to this unheralded Raiders offensive line. But I feel like when you look at what Leonard Floyd was able to do, he had one and a half sacks against the jets, Greg Rousseau had a bunch of pressures and quarterback hits at Oliver Daquan Jones. I mean, this bills unit, this is the time to step up and show up and take over the line of scrimmage. And they should have every opportunity to against this Raiders team that I think is really playing above their heads and, you know, playing above their capabilities. The bills should be able to give them a nice reality check on, on Sunday. And if the bills are able to control the line of scrimmage, get the pressure up the middle and take away the running lanes for Josh Jacobs, who you're right. I think is struggling a little bit to get his sea legs about him after the holdout. I don't think there are many people who are worried. Now the Raiders have very good wide receivers in mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. Uh, Jacoby Myers is out for the game. So you don't have to worry about him. It's going to be Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. And then no longer is Darren Waller, roaming the middle of the field as a dangerous tight end. They have Austin Hooper, who is a bit underwhelming, if you ask me. If the Raiders have to win this game with Jimmy G, the Bills are going to roll on a cakewalk because he is not intimidating. I don't care if people say all Jimmy G does is win. He's not going to be winning on Sunday. He's not striking fear into the hearts of Buffalo secondary. What are your thoughts on the Raiders' new quarterback, Jimmy G, and what Buffalo needs to do to take him out of his element? He's capable. He is a capable middle-tier quarterback. You can win with him. You can lose with him. He is a guy who occasionally is going to take games over, and occasionally he's going to lose games for you. You I'm not going to put him in the Ryan Fitzpatrick mold because he's a a lot more consistent than that, let's be honest. Um, But Jimmy G is usually a stiff breeze away from being injured again. And I always wonder, anytime I watch him, if he's going to make it all the way through the game. He's just, he's that fragile. So you are one play away from seeing Brian Hoyer in the game. So that that's a side, a side note. But with the talent that they have, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, if they're keeping him upright, those are good players. If they can have a balanced attack and get Josh Jacobs going a little bit, that's going to put the Bills back on their heels. And I'm going to be very interested to see what the Bills draw up in order to try to keep the uh, keep the receivers in check. Devontae Adams, one of the best in the business, and Hunter Renfro makes his money underneath. Now, the Bills are typically good at defending tight ends, but I'm wondering what that's going to look like when you have a speedy receiver underneath, because that's exactly what works well for their Patriots modeled offense is the quick underneath guy. I'm going to be interested to see how the bills are going to slow him down because if he gets going, then the rest of the offense starts to flow. Yeah. I think a lot of the pressure is going to come. This might be the opportunity where we see, I feel like Taron Johnson is so criminally underrated. Um, both in the circles of Bills fans and also in the rest of the league, that he, uh, Taylor Rapp, you know, the safeties are going to have to step up and take on some responsibility of shadowing 
Hunter Renfro getting his across the middle of the field. I'm not as worried about Devontae v. Trey White. I mean, Devontae is a talent. He's a freak of nature wide receiver. Mm -hmm. But Trey White handled himself very well against Garrett Wilson uh, in the opener versus the Jets. He's a vet. Um, He's fully back from the ACL tear. So I'm fine letting Devontae and Trey go back and forth and see who wins that matchup. But I am worried, like you said, about the middle of the field, those crossing plays, the slant passes, what Renfro is able to do over the middle uh, could be really worrisome if the Bills aren't able to contain and take away those chunk plays. You know, don't let him get free and go for big yards after the catch. And that can be tricky because the Raiders like to operate in big personnel. They're mm-hmm. one of the few teams in the league that consistently relies on a fullback, uh, Jacob Johnson. Um, they'll sometimes bring in a sixth offensive lineman to give themselves some added time and protection for Jimmy G. You know, the Raiders are, you know, the Bills have the edge, but th- you're right. This Raiders team could easily put up, you know, 20 points on any opponent in the league. Yes, they can, but that's not their Achilles heel. Their Achilles heel is the defense. They can put up 20 points, but can they stop the other team from scoring 20? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I feel, Jamie, and we'll, we'll, let's do our segue to the defense. One last thing to note, though, I feel like the Bills really are going to benefit from not having Jacoby Myers out there. His loss yeah. with a concussion is immeasurable to a Raiders offense that, again, can put up points. If you had Devontae and Jacoby Myers and Renfro causing chaos over the middle of the field, it's a whole different atmosphere with the Raiders missing one of their top wideouts the bills will benefit from that timing the bills are also extremely healthy on the injury report only mitch morse was listed with a thumb but he's expected to play on sunday whereas the raiders are going to be without jacoby myers chandler jones has been missing for two plus weeks from action essentially due to personal reasons he's a train wreck right now so on defense jamie let's make that transition here on the bill eve podcast We have talked about this before that Josh Allen bounces back from his putrid performances to play like a primetime player. I assume you're expecting much of the same from number 17 on Sunday versus a Raiders defense that really can be had. Absolutely. If the Bills can control Max Crosby, if they can control Max Crosby, I feel really good about the Bills doing something that they didn't do last week which is sustained drives, staying on the field. 
the more plays you have, the more opportunities you have to mix up what you're doing. And I, I see this as being a great opportunity for the Bills to get it right. No Chandler Jones. Really, there's only one pass rusher I'm worried about. And in a, a defensive secondary who I just I, – I, I don't fear them the way I, I did the Jets. I, I just – I think this is the type of team where you get it right. Josh Allen, we've seen it before. He, he learns from his mistakes on a week-to-week basis, that is. And I think the Bills are really going to want to show the world that they're better than they were on Monday night. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right when it comes to the motivation for this Bills team. And the good news is, you know, again, the Raiders offensive line can, uh, or the Raiders defensive line, rather, Max Crosby is a freak of nature. He's someone you have to be worried about. You have to neutralize him. You have to, you know, keep a tight end in close to chip away at him. You cannot let him run wild. But against the Denver Broncos offensive line, that isn't that great. The Raiders only got pressure on 11% of Denver's dropbacks in week one. If the Bills can keep Allen upright and protect him like they need to, you're going to see him have a field day because outside of Marcus Peters, you know, no offense to the rest of the Raiders secondary and Marcus Epps, Trayvon Morig, and Nate Hobbs. Peters is the one name to watch. I'm not worried about the rest of that secondary out there. I think Buffalo is going to have a good big day uh, in the passing game. I feel like this, maybe this is where Jamie, we get to see more of the creativity, creativity with the playbook, you know, when it comes to doing more pre-snap motion bringing back that diamond formation set that I love so much from the preseason, you know, they're going to trot out the DK bros at the same time and Mm -hmm. Knox and Kincaid. Why not see what you can do moving them around, changing up positions, getting mismatches and letting Josh find that mismatch all day long. And I think the key here is going to be what they can do on first downs. The bills last week were behind the sticks on almost every series they just, performed terribly on first downs. I think that there needs to be a uh, there there needs to be a priority on getting positive yardage. And one of the ways in which you do that is you go after the other team's weakness. But see, to me, this game is not about the Raiders at all. This is about the Bills. If the Bills can do what they're capable of doing, this game is a blowout. This game isn't even close. So, can the Bills play within themselves, and play intelligently. If they do that, especially on first downs, everything else falls into play. And I'm with you. Last week, the Bills had the highest percentage of two tight end use in the, in the league by almost double the amount of the next closest team. So that's telling me that they are absolutely committed to having the DK brothers on the field at the same time, which I love. They targeted those two guys a heck of a lot also. This is a an evolving Bills offense. And like I said, get those first downs, then you can sustain some longer drives, then you can have greater creativity. It's yeah, coming, oh, man. no doubt about it. It's, it's, got, it's, it's coming. coming. I hope so, man. I hope the tidal wave of points is coming. I think that, again, everything ten, uh, trends towards Buffalo's offense You know, in this one. It's interesting to watch that you're going to see fans might have been a little bit confused in week one when Diggs was in the slot almost as much as he was spread out wide. I think a lot of that was more the sauce Gardner effect. 
to get a different matchup. You're going to mm-hmm. see Diggs on the outside and Davis on the outside and Dalton Kincaid, who played 80% of the snaps in his opener with Buffalo, can go in the slot, can go out wide. He's not going to be on the line nearly as much as Dawson Knox will. The Bills have a ton of talented uh, personnel, and they're committed to the 12 personnel set too, which is phenomenal. I really want to see, Jamie, the Bills opening drive, them come out, march down the field for a touchdown, showing me a good balance mix. I want James Cook to be gashing the Raiders. You see some power running with Damian Harris, who I thought did a really good job uh, in his opener with the Bills last week as well. Um, the Bills, you're right. This game is all about the Bills more so than it is the Raiders, especially when it comes to the offense. Because if Josh even plays to the middle of his capabilities, this is a cakewalk 10-point win for Buffalo. Oh, easy. Absolutely. If if they are playing smart, Josh, get your head straight, man. Get your head straight, Josh. (laughs) Now, speaking of him, there's rumors going around, and, and, and I want your take on the rumors. I'm hearing, oh, Josh, you know, he said he doesn't spend a lot of time watching film. You saw that he said he doesn't spend a lot of time working out in the offseason. And when he was seen on the beach with his new girlfriend, he had a freaking dad bod, which is surprising because he seems like he's stronger than other people on the football field. Do you think that there is a Josh Allen issue with how he conducts himself off the field? No, I don't. Um, I don't think so either. I would... I would have to give it more time to give a full answer, but just hearing what you said there, having read, you know, some of the complaints, I mean, look, Josh Allen is not suffering on the football field because he has more endorsement deals. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bills fans should be thankful. They have a quarterback who's marketable, who can get those national TV revenue deals coming in because that's going to help when it comes to the next next contract negotiation. He's not going to have to, he gets his money off the field versus having to make all of it uh, through a deal with the team, a la Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, you've got a marketable face, a young face of the franchise. I don't think Josh is distracted. I don't think dating a Hollywood actress uh, is the reason for his uh, inefficiencies with the offense last week. When he goes out there on Sunday and passes for four touchdowns with no turnovers and looks like the MVP candidate he's supposed to be, all these bullshit rumors will be quashed and sent to the bed, hopefully. I 100% agree with you on that. I My favorite take was from a buddy of mine who said, it's his hair. He needs to spend <laughs> less time thinking about his hair and more time thinking about football. <laughs> yes, that is, that is, there's been a lot of takes over... Uh, over all sorts of reasons for why Josh has been has been suffering and slumping. But I feel like, again, Jamie, this matchup is a get-right matchup for the Bills. I feel like you're going to have a raucous crowd at Highmark Stadium. This is going to be the first home game of the year. The weather is looking ideal, low 70s, no precipitation, a little cloudy according to the forecasts out there, but this is really setting up well for the Bills to bounce back and uh, and get this win. Is there anything, Jamie, that you want to see the offense do differently than they did? I've already given you a little bit of mine with maybe more pre-snap motion, maybe more diamond formation to kind of keep the Raiders on their heels. Is there anything you want to see Ken Dorsey do differently this week? Uh, not really. 
I, I, I think that I think I feel like I didn't get a great picture of what the Kendosi offense was because I'm not sure it was managed by Josh Allen the way it was supposed to have been. I feel like I just need more information before I can make that assessment. Fair enough. I wanted to put that out there and get your thoughts on, you know, if there was anything differently you wanted to see Buffalo uh, do out there when it comes to their home opener. Um, so, Gina, yeah, we win. <laughs> yes, please go win. Take care of the freaking football. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game on Sunday, Jamie. I feel like the Bills had the edge on both sides of the ball. Special teams were shaky, mostly because of that dang punt return for a touchdown. And I don't care, by the way, before I saw this story where, you know, a rules official was like the play should have been called back um, due to whatever it was, a tripping penalty or something. So yeah. what? Like, Sam Martin was getting ripped to shreds for his tackling form. If you look at the play closely, he's trying to rip the ball free to cause a fumble because any other way, unless he forces the turnover, the Jets have a short field goal attempt to win the game. So if you are in a position to criticize the way your punter is tackling, so many other things went wrong. You should be cutting the punter a break. I mean, I give Sam Martin all the credit in the world. He literally got both his hands on the football, it never was in danger of coming out, but that was a heads-up play by the punter. Let's give our punter a little credit. Sam Martin, you <laughs> kicked a short punt, but hey, you tried hard. Yeah, I will say, though, he does deserve a lot of the blame for that punt because he punted to the wrong side of the field. I mean, the coverage, and if you look at it, was set up for the return to go the opposite side of the field, and instead, he punts right into where the Jets wanted it to go and had a mismatch from the get-go. And then there's your ball game. Did it get tipped at the line? You know, it's hard. It was hard for me to tell. There was a lot of pressure. There were a lot of big dudes trying to get hands up. I don't think it got redirected, but okay. I'm also, it's like, it's like the Zapruder film. I'm not a hundred percent sure either way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Only on believe. Can you get this cross section of talk that we have uh, as we are breaking down our beloved Buffalo bills Jamie, uh, and, and thank you, by the way, to Jamie for flying solo last week on his preview pod here on Believe. We are going to bring back our popular feature, score predictions bound to go wrong. Jamie, give me your thoughts. I know we both feel Buffalo is going to win. We feel the Bills will win it. We feel it in our plums. What kind of score <laughs> do you have? <laughs> you like that, don't you? I love the reference. <laughs> um, can you feel the tension? Um, this is the bills are rolling this one. They, they're going to get everything right. And everyone's going to forget about week one. The bills are going to win this one. 37, 17. Oh, I like it. They're going to roll 20 point victory. This one will be over with. Uh, hopefully the Bills fans can enjoy a beautiful day at Highmark Stadium. I feel like, Jamie, Buffalo is – they're not going to have the perfect offensive performance like they did against the Patriots in the playoffs. But I could see Buffalo hanging 40 on the Raiders. So I'm going to go one further than you. I say Buffalo wins this one 40-21. to 21. The Raiders get a late touchdown to make it look more respectable. But it's Route City in Orchard Park as the Bills get their first win of the year, setting up a pivotal road trip 
where Jamie's going to be there as we preview next week, the Bills taking on the Washington Commanders in our nation's capital. But Jamie has the Bills winning 37-17. I will go 40-21 to Buffalo wins to get to 1-1. One and one. Jamie, it's great to have you back on the pod, buddy. Buddy, it is great being here along with you. We've been doing this so many years, and it just keeps getting more and more fun. We are uh, we are definitely very comfortable with each other here on our takes and our perspectives on the Buffalo Bills, and we welcome your commentary. Please, this podcast is so much more fun when our listeners get involved on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. Please give us your thoughts. What are your predictions for the game? What are you excited about? And what worries you about this matchup here in week two? I'm going to sign us off here from my colleague, Jamie D'Amico. I am John Boccasino saying goodbye, go Bills, and have a great weekend from us at the Bill Eve podcast. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.